Yes. This is our third mini lecture on fights. We're going to talk about what to do about fights. Previously, we talked about understanding fights, how they build up, how they get going, where, when, how they get going. Then we talked about some ways to prevent them based on our understanding of how they get going. Now we're going to talk about what to do about fights. Your prevention fails and you got to fight. What do you do? All right, first of all, you need an, a school-wide plan for fights and other disturbances. It really helps if the principal and the teachers have already reached common understandings and have a formal action plan for dealing with fights. Every year, the continuing teachers and the new teachers need to know about that plan. You remind the old teachers and you teach it to the new teachers. Here's how we handle fights. Here are our expectations, our systems, and our procedures. And if there is a fight in your vicinity, here is what you should do. All right. Typically, what you want when there's a fight brewing is to notify the designated persons. Well, it really helps in a school if you know who the designated person is. Somebody in what is called the office. Somebody uh, who? Assistant principal. Well, what if the assistant principal is gone? Who next? School secretary? Does the school secretary? Who's the designated person? Who do we know? notify? Then you need to look at the systems for communication available. Um, is there an intercom where you can, where a teacher can push a button and talk back to the principal or the uh, school secretary or whatever? Is there a telephone in this room, in every classroom? Uh, if, if nothing else, can you send a messenger to the office? If that's the case, then you may need to want in every class you have, if you're departmentalized, is to feed a reliable student near the door. Someone you can trust to follow your instructions, to go to the office, and to report the problem to X, Y, and Z. And you need to make sure that that student knows what to do and will do it if you tell them to go. You need to get help, typically. Um, who will that be? A nearby teacher? Uh, will you send for someone through your intercom or your tele telephone? Some schools have a panic button in every classroom and in areas such as the gymnasium or the, uh, the stage area, the cafeteria, wherever. Push the button. Um, send the messenger. Some schools have a discipline squad, a group of people whose job is, and they uh, unfortunately PE teachers and coaches get a disproportionate share of this kind of responsibility, but a group of people who when there is a fight are notified and they all come quickly. Intervene as early as possible. Part of the value of understanding the buildup period and supervising students is that when you know something's going wrong, you get in there early. You're in your classroom and you hear voices out in the hall. You don't ignore them, loud voices, angry voices. You get out there. Um, your manner as a teacher is to be calm but forceful. You don't need to add any energy to the angry energy, the negative energy, but you do need to talk loudly enough to be heard and get people to pay attention to you. Make your presence known. 
Don't let them ignore you. You're there. You got two kids mouthing off at each other. Man, na, 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 na. Get in there. Talk loudly enough. Make your presence known. Make them know you're there. Get their attention if possible. Okay? May not be possible, but again, try to be firm and loud and clear enough that you get their attention. Talk to them. Talk to the people who are building up to a fight, just starting to fight. Talk. Use their names. Another good reason you need to know kids' names. Your own students, but also students who are around, who are in the hall, who are, who are near your uh, classroom. Use their names. Call them by name. Talk logic to them and keep talking. Don't just say, stop. Keep talking and, again, talk logic. Now, one thing you remember is that boys, particularly, don't necessarily always want to fight. So it helps sometimes, particularly, we, particularly with boys, but it's worth trying with girls too, if you give them a reason not to fight, if you help them save face, if you help them get out of the honor situation or the masculinity situation that they're in, give them a reason not to fight. Give them maybe several reasons not to fight. Um, talking logic means saying things that are going to make sense to or appeal to the kids who are about to get in a fight. It's not time for a sermon on the morality of, uh, or immorality of aggressing against your fellow human being. Talk sense to them. Whatever it is is going to get through their uh, auditory channels into the brain. Stop. Don't do this. Say stop. Don't do this. Fighting's against the rules. Now, you might laugh at this, but it's amazing how often you say to kids who are acting inappropriately or about to act inappropriately, that's against the rules, and they will say, oh, okay, fighting's against the rules. You'll get kicked off the team. Athlete, very valuable. He's able to say, well, I really would want to fight him, but if I did that, coach would kick me off the team. You'll get kicked off the team. There are better ways to settle this. You don't want to do this. You'll be suspended. This is not good. You're going to hurt some of these little kids. All right, another masculinity kind of issue. Let's not fight. You'll hurt these girls over here, okay? It's sexist, but it may, in the honor masculinity situation, Get in there and give a good reason not to fight. Now, do not get between combatants unless they are very small. I mean, like little bitty guys can hurt you. So don't get between them. Don't step between them unless you're in a situation where that's part of your job expectation. I've talked to people in uh, juvenile justice uh, centers, detention centers, whose uh, instructions were if two kids were about to fight, they were expected to get physically in between them uh, and separate them. If that's not your job expectation, I recommend that you don't do it, again, because you can get hurt. Um, do not, if kids are fighting or about to fight, don't try to separate them without assistance. Um, there are some cases where you may want to intervene more forcefully, and you get into some uh, real ethical issues here, and I try not to make those ethical judgments for people. Um, 
If you have a victim who is being seriously injured, one child is doing serious damage to another, or you have serious weapons like guns, knives, you have to decide whether to risk your life. And I don't believe that I can tell you what to do. Uh, you're going to have to make the best judgment you can under the circumstances. You may want to intervene physically, forcefully, uh, you may want to uh, send for help, whatever you decide to do. If you're in a very rough school or if you work with difficult students, you may want lessons in self-defense uh, and the focus is self-defense, uh, not harming other people, and how to intervene in and defuse conf confrontations. You can find very good training in uh, intervening in conflict situations. Um, for example, I've been through some training uh, as simple as what to do if someone grabs your wrist, how do you break, how do you break that hold? Uh, what to do if someone grabs you around the neck? So again, you may want some professional training in self-defense and how to intervene in and defuse conflict situations. Uh, fights have a predictable course. Now let's say the fight has started. Uh, you were either too late on the scene uh, or your efforts to, to break down that buildup period didn't work. So here's, wh here's what happens. Okay, here's your buildup period. When the two kids start to fight, the pattern of their violent engagement will go like this. You get this intensification builds up to a peak of intensity. They're really going at each other. They're really gouging down on the floor, rolling around, whatever. Then you have a decline in intensity. Then typically, you'll have a pause. It's like they catch their breath, and they'll go back at it again. And it will rebuild in intensity, and then decline in intensity, and so on and so forth, as long as the two kids are fighting. Uh, theoretically, this just goes on until they're both so exhausted they can't fight anymore. All right. During this period, it's just a few minutes. It may be one to three minutes. It may be five minutes, but it's not going to go on typically much longer than that. Kids fighting will engage, build up to a peak, and then within one, two minutes, decline in intensity. And what you're doing is watching for that pause. Now, during the peak, in, peak period, while the fight's building up, it's stopped, you've sent for help. I mean, it started, it's starting to build up. You've sent for help. Then you try to keep the other students back and out of the fracas. It helps if you have a school policy that says if there is a fight, bystanders are supposed to leave the area when the teacher tells them to, and you will be punished if you don't. Uh, some students, of course, won't leave, but some will. You say, leave, leave, leave. The rule says you need to leave, and there are consequences if you don't. Keep telling them to stay back, to leave, to go back to class. Just keep telling them. Uh, you may also move anything the combatants can crash into or use as a, a weapon. You may want to muse, uh, move furniture, uh, a couple of big trash cans, 
uh, outside, maybe there are rocks, you want to just move them out of the way, okay? Keep the other kids back, tell them to leave, tell them to stay back, move anything that the combatants are going to get bashed into. All right, when the pause comes, you need to intervene again forcefully just as you did before. Talk loudly, talk sense, use their names, use logic, get in there and intervene again. Stop this, you don't need to do this, you're going to be suspended from school, you're going to get kicked off the team, you don't need to do this. Whatever it is, talk loud and firm, get in there and try to stop it again. All right, during the pause, and also back during the build-up period, be alert for signs that one or both students don't really want to fight. Look at their face, look at their body language, tone of voice. For example, if you've got two guys going at each other, building up to a fight or already engaged in a fight, and you've come to the pause, and you intervene saying, stop and, you know, stop this, and one of them looks at you. Tell him to go to the principal's office. Now, you can't let the other one attack him from behind, but tell him, you go to the principal's office. Give him a way out of the situation. Giving, give him an excuse to leave the situation and go to the principal's office. Um, again, men, if you, uh, males, if you intervene forcefully, will often use the, your intervention as an excuse for settling this later. We're really going to fight, but we're just not going to do it now. We'll do it later. Again, give that excuse. Give them a reason not to fight. Um, if they start fighting again, well, you wait for the next pause and you intervene again. At some point in there, please, please, help is going to arrive, okay? If you get enough teacher power assembled, you can separate them physically. Be careful. Guys who are swinging, girls who are swinging can, can hurt you. But when you get enough uh, adult power, separate them, drag them apart. We're going to take them to the office or someplace. Okay, when it's over, as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, get the combatants separated, get them out of the other student's sight as quickly as possible. Typically, they go to the office. But whatever the school procedure is, get them whisked out of sight just as quickly as possible. They need to vanish. Other students in the school will have a lot of energy, a lot of agitation, a lot of excitement. You want the objects of their excitement to disappear, vanish. It is important to get them sent home or somewhere else or whatever it is to make sure they won't get back together again. If you allow them to be loose back in the school, you can have the fight again. You also get them out with the other students mouthing off. I showed him, I blah, 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 blah. And so you get that agitation and, and uh, uproar back in your student body. Get them separated, out of sight, and do whatever is necessary to make sure they don't get back together again and they don't get back in with other students to run their mouths and keep the agitation going. It is also important to get them clearly and severely punished. Um, you may approve of this or disapprove. Some school systems have started working with local law enforcement to simply handle student fights as a law enforcement issue. 
to simply put them into, uh, depending on their age, uh, the juvenile or the regular adult legal system and deal with them through that system. If they're dealt with in the school system by school system rules, there needs to be clear, severe punishment. The worst thing that can happen from the point of view of all the other students if, is if you have this big, ugly, nasty fight and nothing much happens to the combatant. Unless one student is clearly innocent and was clearly victimized, which is not usually the case, both parties need to be severely punished. Don't send them back into the classroom. Get your other students firmly back into class, black, back on the track, get them engaged in learning activities, pick up your instruction, move on, don't let them sit and run their mouths. Involve parents firmly and if appropriate, law enforcement and the judicial system. Really helps if you put some pressure in a professional way on parents. Make them unhappy that their child got in a fight at school. Make them take responsibility. Make sure they understand and see the consequences to their child and to them. Then finally, follow up forcefully to prevent reoccurrence at school or elsewhere. When these two combatants come back to school, follow up, make sure it doesn't start over. Make sure that their friends and supporters don't get together and carry on the animosity and start a fight. Work with your community law enforcement and juvenile justice folks to make sure that that combat, that fight, that animosity doesn't simply just move off the campus into the community. Okay? Uh, that's all of our mini lecture on fight. I hope you never have to deal with them. If you do, I hope you've got some good information to at least help you be successful. Take care.